0: morning on this tuesday august twenty fifth let me check the date okay <laughs> back around seven twenty five probably getting a little bit before that um i was actually i was just laying in bed I was saying who knows uh, even when we uh sleeping if we're in Christ jesus. Even though we may be sleeping in a pillow, he is still God. Even though the Lord was asleep in a pillow in the boat, the back of the boat. Actually, I was surprised the part that Bible said pillow, actually. I didn't think they had pillows back then, but that was an interesting take. Uh, or whatever he had. Maybe it was a rock. Uh, or a cloak or whatever. Who knows? Uh, that point doesn't matter. Anybody gets that detailed? You're not listening to the Lord. Um,. It's like I see, we know COVID is both, it's being used for evil purposes, for evil gain, uh, as well as for safety and righteousness sakes. It's like you take it serious in that it's like the flu or common cold or. The virus from 1918 and whatever. It's a lot less than any of those. Uh, well nothing's less than the common cold. People get it every day. Uh, that's just, you didn't get enough sleep or you're not eating enough or not drinking enough fluids or whatever or just your body's just tired. And when your body get, when our body gets tired from excessive work and the work of Egypt, uh, and we we don't get our sleep, the body's gonna say you either gonna put me to sleep for a few hours, or I'm gonna put you to sleep, <laughs> so to speak. God even says do not go without sleep. You got some deceived, if not false teachers. I don't like to go directly into false teachers. Uh, most of them are deceived when they start out, and then they just go deeper and they become false teachers is all they about the faults. to saying, oh well God says you only need an hour or two of sleep that Bible doesn't even say that God commands us to get rest physical rest in him on a daily basis these bodies were may even the Lord Jesus Christ slept at times uh cause these bodies he knows these bodies that he created need sleep uh I believe that's, that just came to me actually. Um, but I got like, it's like I was shown or given, right now five, I think I just got a six one, um, uh, of warnings that God wants us to hear and hear, adhere to and listen to regarding this COVID 19. But He doesn't want us to fear it or fear the evil ones that are trying to gain an advantage. Because Satan is always trying to gain advantage and so are his children. Who are his children? Those that are still lost, those that have are still rejecting Jesus Christ as the way, the truth and the life. Those that have not repented and believed in him. The um, other ones of his children are those that say, Oh well God's love, you don't have to repent. Jesus preached repentance. John the Baptist preached repentance. Every single of the apostles, or the original twelve, well, eleven disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, was not of him. Uh, he was of Satan instead. Uh, they all preached repent for the kingdom of heaven as it happened. Uh, the, those that are of the church today, the true church of Jesus Christ, Preach repentance in the gospel of Jesus Christ if you just preach the gospel without preach and it doesn't include repentance you are sitting gravely against and dangerously against the Lord God in the Lord Jesus Christ okay that was another warning uh, far as the one with the physical too that was another one one thing that came out of it by the shutdowns was we are working. Like we were still in Egypt. If we're truly saved. Genuinely, legitimately saved and born again. Then we will know and understand that we are not to work like Pharaoh way back in Genesis and Exodus. Actually the beginning of Exodus uh, had them work. Working so they didn't have time um, to seek God. So they didn't have time to fellowship one with another. Uh so they didn't have time to pray. So they didn't have time to study the scriptures. Now back then the scriptures were still being written. Uh actually back then the script Moses was Moses was just hearing his call from the Lord. Um uh, so he had not yet began to walk in it yet. He was getting close. Exodus chapter three was his call and then he started walking into the death. But um he the Egypt the spiritual Egypt, the example of Egypt, is still amongst our midst today. It's the work saying, well, you you got to work two or three jobs to pay the mortgage or pay the rent or pay the car, car you wanted, the house you wanted. Not necessarily, to get, if it's the house or the car God had for you, it won't come with debt. It won't come debt, as like, so we can have something now instead of in God's timing. Ouch! I guarantee, if anybody's still hearing the Lord, you got cut to the heart. If you didn't get cut to the heart, you're stoned. Your heart is still stony, and God hasn't broken it up yet. Um, that was another one, actually, sort of six. But um, entire economic system shut down. Well, there is a, a demonic aspect to it. That is, those that are still very much clearly. To the people of God, again, I'm talking to the uh, people of God, the true, genuine believers. Those that are not of the people of God, shut it down for one purpose only: is this, hap- this is still an election year. They want to make their opponent look bad as possible. They want to make a look back how the economy was getting better and try and destroy it. There are numbers that are fake, but because we are being kept busy making money keeping our possessions uh waiting for demonic influence medical physicians to get back to us or run their useless tests um to come up with what they say to get his soul fearing on this virus instead of fearing the lord god which is to revenge him um Trying to trying to get an advantage of it, the devil and his people want to do nothing but gain an an unfair and unjust advantage over us. They want to blind our eyes, but God is using it for good to warn us. As one of the warnings came out of Luke 12:15. Let me read the verse. I gotta get to it. I ain't there yet. Actually, I was there. Then he said to them, Beware that he is Jesus. Beware and be on your guard against every form of greed. Oh, it doesn't necessarily take, you know, just old dollar bills or Benjamins or whatever for not even one. When one has an abundance, does his life consist of possessions? It's just like we spent... How many of y'all out there spend more of your waking hours chasing after money or chasing after possessions instead of chasing after God himself? Well, guess what? God just allowed the economic system to shut down. Now, during that shutdown at the beginning of this COVID, how many of y'all says, got on your knees before God says, uh, okay, God, you got my attention. What are we chasing after instead of chasing you? Got there are one or two prophets. I think it's Isaiah and Zechariah. I'm not, and Zechariah. Oh, no, not Zechariah. Jeremiah, I think. I'm not sure which one. Look it up. You got a Bible app. It's in Bibles. Um, God still wants us to study to show ourselves approved. That means read His Word and pray. Listen, uh, it says, "Seek Me while I may be found." There will be there will be a time, real close, when if we keep rejecting Him, He'll turn His back on us. We'll seek Him, He'll just ignore us. It says, "You wanted to you wanted to go your own way." Nope, there you go. An example of that is Romans chapter 1. It says, You know what? You want to do your own thing? You want to uh, go after false teachers? Have them. Go at it. Have at it. Uh, that's a dangerous day we should not want. In the body, you got passages like uh 2 Corinthians chapter 8, I believe. And that actually comes from the Old Testament. Leviticus, I think. Okay, I forgot. Uh been a few years since I've studied that one, uh, but it does come from the Old Testament. Example like, you know, you got many in the Bible, you got many in the body of Christ that have, that have been entrusted with much, not for themselves. It's to share. The Bible clearly says in the New Testament, it says, we are to work to have something to share. Not just work for ourselves. That's a twisted scripture, taken out of context, and used to try and justify our hoarding. Another verse that was first John First John three seventeen and eighteen should be clear. Those that have this world's goods and see a brother or sister in need of one of those things that you have and closes their eyes or turns around, ignores it, you're useless. You may not. You probably are not of God. I always have to say probably because only God sees the heart. You got First Timothy 6.10. They love money more than they love God. Then you have had the old myths. James chapter 5. warning towards the rich. I think that one needs to be read this morning. I ain't there yet. And close. I'm in mean James. Come now you rich, weep and howl for your miseries which are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted and your garments have gotten, become moth eaten. Your gold and your silver have rusted and the rust will be a witness against you and will consume your flesh like fire. It is in the last days that you have stored up your treasure. We're trying this thing because we don't know when that last day is. Behold, the pay of the laborers who mowed your fields, and which has been withheld by you, cries out against you. And the outcry of those who did the harvesting has reached the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. Uh, Interesting, Sabaoth means peace. Um, You have lived luxuriously on the earth, and led a life of wanton pleasure, and have fattened your heart to the day of slaughter. You have condemned and put to death the righteous man. He does not resist you. That's one morning. Interesting. Look around many of our church buildings. Uh, those that have something, they're trying to keep what they have first put aside. Now that you even got some that are falsely teaching, well, you know, go ahead and work on paying off the debt. Then you can have something. There's another verse, and I can't remember what it is because I was given a prompting to study it, and I can't remember what it is, <sighs> and I probably didn't mark it down like an idiot, uh, we're trying to use the example of, uh, up, Mark twelve forty one through 44 and Luke 21, 1-4, through 4. they donate, or they give, uh, Jesus was watching them, um, uh, was watching, standing back, watching the people put into, like, the offering bowl, the offering plate. That's what they had it in the temple. Some I'm putting back out there. They put in out of their surplus. They put out of the budget saying, well, oh, I'm making a million dollars, so as long as I give ten, million dollars a year, as long as I give ten percent. I think God, God says that in Malachi, but basically, God wants everything. Including us. Including our bodies. Because by his shed blood, we have been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. He owns us not as slaves where he whips us and does it because now we willingly lay our lives down for him. We will, as he laid our lives down for us, we do the same to him. Because he did it out of love, so then we do it out of love. When our brother or sister is in need, We put whatever we're thinking of them. Now, if we're at work, we may not be able to act upon it. But when we're off work, we go to them. We at least pray. And then the brother says, here's the need. We don't look to say, well, okay, well, first we got to make sure if we own an apartment building, we don't make sure... The rent, it could pay our rent so we could have money for our luxuries, our fun things that we like to do. It's a fun thing when you're serving God and you're not just doing, doing, doing stuff according to the flesh. We're not here on this earth to get rich and to have all kinds of possessions. We're here to serve God and serve the Lord Jesus Christ and serve one another. First, amongst our physical family, if they're still alive, for parents, I our mother and father, as they took care of us, we take care of them. We are not to stick them into a government-sanctioned home that is not in Scripture. You won't find it. Peter took his mother-in-law into his home, and they cared for her. More likely until death, because that's usually what it does. Isaac, to the most part, took care of Abraham when he was old or death. And each of them down the line. See, we don't want to look at that stuff. We we don't want to do anything that ruins our comfortability in the flesh. So again, the economic shutdown was yeah there is a demonic sense out there trying to destroy uh an economy, trying to destroy a nation. But there is a um, biblical warning from God saying, Hey, get your eyes off your possessions, off your money and get it back on me. And by the way, this audio is not going to be short like every, you won't, it's interesting how today's sermons have become sermonettes. Short to make sure we're, we don't exceed the hour service so we can go about our days. Sermons back even in the early 60s, 50s, 40s, a little bit before that, even back in the Old Testament days, they went for hours. When they used to read the Book of the Law, they stood. The people stood while the high priest at that time read it. The Book of the Law is the first five books of the Bible. Can you imagine standing? I can't. I'd have to go to the bathroom to take a pee. I probably wouldn't want to drink water in front of my husband. Then you got some foolishly say, "Well, Jesus sat down to teach after he wear some stuff." Those are two different things. Don't confuse it. stood up to read and sat down to teach. Don't confuse those things. I don't know where that came from by the way. Church services shut down they went they went online they went remotely. Paul did more of his teaching through letters. If Paul was here today amongst us, he'd be very much using social media um Messenger, uh, texting, email, there will be phone calls, and the ones that are nearby will, uh, of course would be, would be face to is ideally, but we are not always to stay, we're not, we are not, period, to stay in one place. As Acts chapter 1, 8, commandment to them, It's still relevant to us. We have to start wherever our Jerusalem is. Where we're at. Where we're born again in Christ Jesus. And to go outwards. We are not to just stay planted in one place. Where God plants us is in the house of God. That is not just in a building. Now there are purposes for a building. Shelter from the rain. But we are not to abide in them forever. We abide in Christ Jesus and he abides in us. Acts seventeen twenty four clearly reminds us that God Himself, the all the Old Testament, never He didn't even abide in Solomon's what was called Solomon's Temple or Ezra in Nehemiah's Temple in Jerusalem's <coughs> Temple. He's out in tents. Tents; those are earthly and temporary vessels. He uh, dwells in a building that He made. His temple he made. What's his temple? Our bodies. He created us. He formed these by our bodies in our mother's wombs. After he brought our father and mothers together. Or allowed to be brought in together. That's another teaching I'm not getting deep on it this time. He is still the head. You got warnings against keeping your eyes on overpriced. Overpriced because it's humankind's, mankind's overpricing temples. It's Matthew 24, 1 and 2. Mark 13, 1 and 2. Luke 21, 5 and 6. Then you gotta look at, oh, that person must be blessed of God because he's got to he's allowed to have a big mansion. I've seen million, multi-million dollar houses. I've been in them where two people are living in them. A six thousand square foot house. Nobody needs a six thousand square foot house. Sometimes we feel like we want a six thousand square foot house to have that much room. Who would actually be content with just living in a tent? Government likes it. The devil likes it because they can get either property taxes from it, or in a case of church building, then they're going to say, okay, let Satan will love to say, go ahead, stay right in the building out there. I can keep an eye on you that way. I can keep you bound up that way. As long as you stay in the building and don't come out with the gospel. We forget we're supposed to go, if we're going into those buildings once a week, it's for to have Ephesians chapter 4. And I think it's a, 11 through 14, to be equipped for the work in ministry. Jesus' work was done outside the temple. Now back in his three year ministry, his 33 year life here on, upon this earth, walking as one, as God Himself in the flesh, He was 100% God, 100% the flesh, was for one purpose only. Was to preach repent for the kingdom of heaven. As it happened, was to suffer and die for me and you. We'll be forever praising him and even trying to make up for that one. But he's not expecting. He gave to those himself those that can't repay. We will never repay him. We can't. We'll have an eternity praising him, loving him, serving him, and on that day we'll see him face to face. Until then, we long for him. We call out to him, we listen to him, we pray, which means talking with, not to. If you think prayer is just talking to God, you had no clue what prayer is. It ain't even a scripture. The warning against him, so again, it's the building. Satan doesn't mind us as much to be in a building. Because he can control us that way. If he can keep us in a locked building, that's fine. That's the demonic end of it. But when we go out that building, that's where our ministries, we are. Every single one of this. One ministry is the ministry of reconciliation. Leading people in back into reconciliation as we were with God through Jesus Christ. Only through, by the Holy Spirit. There are different types of ministries and work. That's what a minister is. A minister, we've confused it saying oh a minister is only a pastor why don't you study the words and scriptures and the context and see what it means and stop going by a denominational teaching so again it's not just a matter of coming to building we still were supposed to be getting together in fellowship maybe not as big for those big mega churches but we can still get together you got outside you got certain restaurants that were allowed to be open drive through. They got parking lots that are big enough. I should have been getting together to that one. You can get together at each other's house a little bit. Obviously you can't have as many people in the house. And still adhere to the government's uh safety. Now some of that was a safety warning, because the bigger the crowd, the more apt any virus with the COVID or anything. You know, common cold, you're not going to go around other people. Use common sense. Be peaceable. We are commanded to be peaceable as far as it's possible for us. Now, sometimes, peace ain't even going to show up if you're talking with somebody that's not of Jesus Christ because they only want their way. But we still trying. If somebody feels uncomfortable, I'll say, well, I'm going to catch something, it's just like the mask. It doesn't protect one another. But if you got a cold, a kind of cold, as long as you're washing your hands, then cover up. To make somebody just stay at home because you do it, that's a kind of cold. Kind of colds have been around long before you and I and long before we're gone, unless the Lord tears. But be peaceable with others. One's on the outside saying, well, you have no concern. We have no concern because we're in Christ Jesus. And for the foolishness to think that God is not going to allow any virus to attach us, you're an idiot. You are blind, being blinded by Satan. If God wishes to allow, he allows sicknesses to come about us many times to give us rest. We don't know how we're going to die or when. God knows our days the number of our days, and he knows how it's going to end. We're not all, the Bible doesn't say, we're all going to die. Natural causes in our sleep. We either may have a stroke or a heart attack. Bible don't say that. It could come. He could take us home, cause us to get either COVID, the flu, which comes around every single year, and it has been for, I go out on a limb to say, Hundreds of years, there are guarantee if we could tell, there were Christians that were taken home back in 1918. Their last day, God allowed that to happen. So do not say grab an Old Testament law. Those particular ten plagues were a punishment against every single god of Egypt. There the people of God were protected. But there are ones of sicknesses. You can see it throughout scriptures. Sometimes God will give us that if we won't allow ourselves to rest. He'll give us rest. He'll put us down. I was allowed a three day sickness in 2013. Couldn't even get up off the couch. I'm lucky I got up to go to the bathroom. Which I didn't need. It was just water. I couldn't move, but during that time, he opened up the word of God himself, and he literally showed me what to do next. That was for him to put me down from an over, what's the word, over busy organization that just wants to keep his people busy so they don't stop and listen and pray to God. There are many false teachers out there and deceived teachers out there that want people only to hear them and not to hear God through Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. They will keep you busy, keep you going, so that at the end of the day, you just do nothing but go to bed. You don't even open up the Word of God in prayer anymore. That's the enemy's attempt. It's to shut us down. The the true church of Jesus Christ is not based on a building. As I said, there are uses for it and stewardship to it to a point. But we got to remember that every single building, the disciples were amazed at the beauty of the buildings. And Jesus says, why are you looking at the buildings? They're all going to be crushed now. Actually, that temple was destroyed. Estimate, I think, church history, I think it says it right around... 70 A.D. When the Romans destroyed, you know, the Romans destroyed it. But you know who destroyed it? God, because they were loving the building more than they were loving God. They have not had. A, now they're in buildings, worshiping on a weekly basis. But they didn't have a temple. That was the second temple. Solomon's temple is gone. The temple that Ezra, and what Zerubbabel, I think, Zachariah mentions it, is gone. It ain't coming back. There's gonna be a third temple building in Jerusalem. God ain't gonna, God ain't even gonna come down and look at it. He not even gonna come down and go into it. His spirit won't even go into it. You know, whole spirit's gonna sit in it. Satan's, Antichrist. That's it. Study that one in scripture, and it's in there. Cause that's when no our heck breaks loose. We've forgotten First Corinthians 12:26. During that time, when we come together, that's another purpose when we come together. That's true fellowship. Uh, 1226. Gotta get there. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. That's actually Hebrews 133 also. So that there may be no division in the body that, but that <coughs> the members may have the same care for one another. I haven't fully, so I've seen it partially. I haven't fully, in most churches up and down the east coast, I can't say west, um, fully seen that one practiced and obeyed. Socializing shut down. Actually, that's kind of still shut down. True fellowship need to be the uh, best to be looking at and it all don't come together just inside the building is Acts 2:42 through 46 or 2nd corinthians 6 14, 17. i think that was the warning wasn't it everybody checks up man uh six oh yeah 2 Corinthians 6, 14, 17, that was the, uh, the warning out there. you. Know, the kind of fellowship that we've been doing, the socializing we've been doing, we've been socializing with, um unbelievers. We should be letting them, th- we should be decreasing so Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit can show Himself to them. We have nothing in common with unbelievers, except we're both human beings and we both needed Jesus Christ. We've repented, turned from our ways, and gone to. We also have a warning in there, and a commandment actually to, to come apart from them, to be separate. The true church of Jesus Christ needs to be sh- and needs to be visibly separated from those still of the world. People need to see differences. You know, you used to do this, you used to do that. That's until I met Jesus Christ. And once I met Jesus Christ, well, does that mean we met Him in the face? Nope, no one has. Not now. That was just who Apostle Paul was the last one. And actually, he was born out of time. He met him, he met him spiritually out there. Yeah, boy, did he meet him too. Uh, we all meet him. We're pretty much close to remember similarities of that day to a point, but he doesn't want to focus on that day now. When we woke up, when he got up, he could see with a different set of eyes. We've forgotten what fellowship is. Fellowship is not just coming together in church and singing some songs, uh, hearing the pastor, the preacher, hopefully say what the Lord tells them to say, and then go back out and live, uh, live our lives. Our life now is in Christ Jesus. Fellowship is to care for somebody seven days per week. Now it may not be if you got a church that's multi thousands, you're not gonna be able to get together every single day. But you you better be getting together seven days per week, with at least some of them. It's not all about well, cause then you got your earthly family, your fleshly family. No, it better be somewhere. If you work with somebody, then you fellowship a little bit there. Work too. You're talking about the message of what you can. Now you're focusing on the work, obviously. The work Lord has you to do there. We don't do that no more. We allowed this thing to shut that down. God that wasn't God's tent. If people are socializing now, they have no concern about others' house. it'd be nice to know, you know, if somebody does have it, then say why don't you just stay home and rest a little while? You know, why would you want to pass that on to somebody if you got a comic cold? You know, to stay isolated. depend on Depending upon your job, there are some jobs that can be isolated from everybody. In that case, you're wearing a mask because if you got sniffles or if you got just a typical common cold out there, you go and you go to work, you just wear a mask so you don't allow um, that cold to go to other people. That's protecting other people. We got to think of other people for it. If you know you got it, and you legitimately got it, and God's shown you that. Then you probably need to isolate for a time. But during that isolation, then you get alone with the Lord. We, we don't we can't be continuing what we've always done for years. Travel shut down. <laughs> Romans one twenty five. What purpose are you traveling, Paul? Once Paul went out. Uh, once Paul got saved in Acts chapter 9, born again. Once all of the disciples went out, they went out with purpose. They went out to preach the gospel, number one. Preach repentance for the, uh, and then the gospel of Jesus Christ, along with it. Tell people about the Lord. Teach the Holy Scriptures, which in our case is the Bible. Then go out just to sit around. Now, there were times when they went to, if they had families went I'm sure there were times when they went and spent time alone with the Lord. They didn't go and just enjoy the scenery. Enjoy stuff that's gonna burnt up. Said, Oh man, what a nice mountain out there. That's okay too, but that mountain's gonna crash one day. They went out with purpose. They went out to preach the gospel was their only goal. What is the reason you travel now? You just travel just to see all this world and this whole world's gonna pass away. You want to see it before it passes away? We got our eyes off of Jesus Christ. If we're on what we call vacation, are we still willing to talk to somebody about Jesus Christ? Are we still willing to pray for somebody that's in need? Are we still noticing those that need? Are we still saying, recognizing a homeless person that's in need of food, not alcohol or drugs, and share that with them? Or our eyes closed to say, Mom, we ain't got time for that. We're on vacation. God's people don't take vacations. God may have us go sit in the mountain a little bit just to admire him. He did it to Elijah to a purpose. Elijah didn't go there on vacation. Elijah Elijah, uh, didn't go there on vacation. He went there because God told him to go up there. He just sat in the mountain. There was no other person around except God himself. Educational institution, <laughs> possibly Jeremiah eighteen twelve or First Corinthians two five. What are we actually teaching our children? What are we allowing the Satan to teach our children through government educational institution? it ain't the Word of God anymore. The church, well, not the church today, but the church back in the sixties allowed the Word of God to come out of the schools. That used to be the primary tool. What are you teaching your children at home? You actually teaching them the Word of God, rightly divided, to know Christ, know God, know Christ with Jesus Christ, and to believe in Him, come to that place, or are you teaching them how to make money, how to be self-sufficient, how to be successful in life? What are we, we need to be looking at our educational institutions to see what we're teaching. Too many people now don't even know whether they're teaching a public education because they don't want to know. They are teaching such trash-filled, demonic stuff as homosexuality, transgenderism, and everything. You know who teaches that? Satan. And Satan alone. God never taught anybody that. Those are just instances of, um... Those are just a few instances of... What... God, and how, um... Satan is misusing this COVID virus as he did every single one of them. But those are the, so just some of the warnings that God is issuing to us, the people of God, through Jesus Christ. That we need to wake up from our sleep and get right with God and repent. Love y'all. And by the way, I got this convicted as everybody.